You're listening to Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Too Loud TX, and of course, here with me today, my man, the sidekick. Everybody's wanting him to be at Worlds right now, but I kept him at home to do the podcast with me this week, Mr. Monster D-Face. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? And I'm not upset about it because I've been on the road way too much. Just got back <laughs> to his hometown over in Texas. You guys are awesome. To everyone that listens in from Texas, love your state, guys. I might be a neighbor there soon. Yeah. But, uh, you you got to come on. That, come on, man. Stop talking about it and just move to Texas. All right. I'm in, I'm in it. The gears are turning, guys. The gears are turning. <laughs> It's a, it's a great place if you guys are looking for a new home. Texas is the place to be. Uh, I, I definitely want to hear more about that. We need, we, need to, we, need to, we need to catch up on your trip pretty soon. Uh, but we have a very special guest here with us today. Uh, some of that, if you guys are involved in the competitive scene of Fortnite at all, I'm sure you will know. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to break it down and get his journey. But before we do that, let's, let me go ahead and go through the, the couple check boxes we got to go through each week. Obviously, if you guys are listening, thank you so much for tuning in once again. Uh, make sure you're following us at the Fortnite Podcast. Make sure you're, you're subscribed to Monster D-Face's YouTube channel. If this is the first time you're hearing that Monster D-Face has a YouTube channel, yeah, what? I, don't, I don't know where you are. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where you've been. But go check out his YouTube channel for sure. Make sure you're catching out his live streams every morning. You can have coffee with him. I don't know. It's like, what, what time do you usually sign on? Like 8 a.m.? About 8 a.m. It's my consistent Eastern time. Yeah. Eastern time. It's about, it's about my landing time. And if it's an update day, he's always on earlier, typically. So, oh make, yeah, yeah. Reading, <laughs> reading you the patch notes, whatever it is. So, make sure you guys are signing there. And of course, man, thank you guys so much for the continued support. We are really close to, I think, nine, if we didn't all cross over at 950,000 listens. So, we're getting, we're getting close to that million mark, real close. Uh, so, thank you guys so much for that. Well, uh, without further ado, uh, this is week three of, you know, the world qualifiers. We're going through it. People are sweating out. We got our first 19 solos that were done in week one. We got our first group of duos done last week, uh, which was a lot of fun to watch the differences in those gameplays. Uh, and now we're back in solos this week. And we have a man right here that you, if you're, if you're competing for this, you've probably played a few of his uh, little creative maps he's thrown out there. Quite the man. Of the solo world as well, and 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 you know, here competing also himself, Mister SC Donnie. Donnie, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Hey, dude. Uh, I'm good. Good to be here. Yeah, man. I'm uh, very, very excited to hear your uh, hear your questions. Yeah, no, excited to have you here. Obviously, and talk a little about Fortnite, uh, a passion that we can we can all say we share together for sure. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Let's uh, let's get a little bit from you. Tell us a little bit about like your background in gaming and how you found yourself in the position you are here in Fortnite and in esports in Fortnite, specifically the competitive realm of Fortnite. So kind of walk us through that journey real quick of, uh, of where it all started. So, uh, well, for gaming wise, I started back on the, on the gray box, Nintendo entertainment system. Yeah. You may know it. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, Super Mario Brothers three on that at home. It was the best game ever made by far. Oh yeah, it was so much fun. And then you know later on when we got our first computer, started moving into RuneScape, which a lot of people have played obviously. Uh, and then you know further down the line, I ended up uh, playing League of Legends, where I uh, down the line I went to do some analysis work there for 
uh, Gamut Gaming and Fnatic, uh, which was mostly focused around doing big band strategies and early game wards and jungle pathing. Yep. Uh, which I I I came into that at first because uh, Gamut Gaming was like my favorite European team at the time, and they they weren't doing so hot. So uh, I figured, you know, what the hell? I'll send them like a big band anal- analysis and strategy, and uh, you know, they ended up liking my work, and that's kind of how I rolled into that. That's crazy because for people that don't know League, like it's not just something really simple. I mean, it, that that's an in-depth analysis that most teams don't even have unless you're at a higher level of you know jungle pass, like you said, and bands. You know, making sure you know you're watching what the meta is at a high time. And with that game, I mean, meta's changing all the time. It feels like. Uh, I mean, what what brought you what brought you to League? I mean, were you just were you a fan of it as well? Did you play it as well? You know, at a high level. Uh, well, like at the time of release, I, I kind of started playing it and, uh, I, I only ever managed to get to like platinum or something. So not, not like a super high level, but typically I'm the kind of player who's, uh, very, uh, understanding of meta and how the game works and right. not so much as at doing stuff myself. So when I try to apply that stuff myself, I'm not really the best at it, but, uh, I'm a very good theoretical player. I, I call myself. Right. So, so you, you you get your toes wet going that way. How does that how does that transition over to Fortnite? Yeah, so I, I kind of took a break between League of Legends and Fortnite and played like Overwatch. And like like not gonna lie, like at the the very first time I dropped into a game of Fortnite after my friend recommended it to me, I I remember I dropped Anarchy Acres. I had no clue what I was doing. I died and I uninstalled. I'm like, this game <laughs> is not for me. But later on, I gave it an actual fair chance, and I've kind of been hooked ever since. I was like uh, halfway through season three or so. Oh, man, Anarchy Acres. Man, the, the throwbacks Easy. right there, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was uh, you know, and what, Mossy Meyer right back then, right? Moisty Meyer? Moisty Meyer? Yeah. Man, those were the oh, good days. Never- those are the good days. So, so you jump in, you uninstall, but you come back, back around. And then, like I said, I mean, I introduced you as, you know, if people are, are, are scrimming and they're playing the comp scene, obviously known, but you're, you've been a vocal spot in the esports scene in the competitive scene for so long. What was it that when you came back to Fortnite and, and you dove in, what was it that grabbed you about the game? Like you said, you know, strategy and, uh, the, anal- an, you know, all, all the uh, analyzing you did of league uh, like I said, that's a very, very, very uh, hardcore position per se to talk about that when it comes to uh, comes to League of Legends. But what was it about Fortnite when you came back? You got involved that that you said, "Hey, man, I want to be involved in the competitive scene at a high level here in Fortnite." So yeah, when it comes to that, like as cliche as it sounds, I just like helping people. Uh, so that's kind of the position that I've been trying to take on. Uh, so at first, you know, there, there was the competitive events, summer skirmish, fall skirmish, and there were no statistics there. So I started creating statistics for the competitive events based off of uh, VODs from players who were actually streaming the event. So let's say Tifu was streaming, I would go through his entire VOD and record the entire kill feed to find out how many kills there were during a game, how many, uh, what uh, people's specific placements were, because you couldn't see if someone was like 67th right. place, for instance. You could only see like top 5 or top 10, whatever. Uh, so that's kind of what I started doing. And then that kind of like popped off a little bit on Twitter, uh, which I'm very grateful for. 
Uh, and then in the recent past, I've been focusing on creating uh, creative maps for practice purposes, uh, which also, you know, I, I, I kind of rolled into it. I got super lucky. Uh, I'm, I'm super fortunate that people enjoy what I've built and that it's, you know, even worth it to practice, basically. So what is it about, uh, we, we've talked a lot about VODs like on, on here quite a bit with other people as well. For you, reviewing somebody else's VOD uh, and going to, and this is going to kind of get us into kind of what you're doing currently, but what, what importance do you have, real quick, kind of give the importance uh, from your perspective of VOD review and what you're looking at, maybe some of the, the quick tips that you look at when you're, when you're reviewing the VODs. Uh, so the first thing I typically look for is their 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 loot loot location uh, to begin with. So let's say someone plans Junk Junction, I don't know, uh, and then how they play around that entire location. So what their rotation is uh, based off of a certain zone, or what their play style is if they have if they manage to not let's say they don't find a pump. What what do they do in that situation? It's very interesting to me how people approach the game in different ways, and that's right. also why we why we find out so many different build strategies over the years as well because season three no one was using cones basically and they're basically like the the base of building right now because there's so much you can do with a cone what do you, what do you think it was that that brought so much attention to you know the initial jump of you showing you know your review of like tifu's vod for instance what do what do you what do you think was there that like made everybody kind of wide open right and open their eyes and be like oh my gosh what is donnie doing over here I'll be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> what about I, uh, you? What about you, Monster? What do you think it was? What, what do you think it is or, or overall yeah, about Donnie, you know, and the content he's been able to provide starting off, not necessarily talking about just the maps he's built, but, you know, you're very familiar with, with some of the things that and the asset that he's brought to the community as a whole. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's hard work, honestly. Uh, there's not a lot of people that wouldn't have sit down and, and crunch the numbers. Everyone would, you know, every competitive player would love to be presented the information and sit back and absorb, you know, the, the wealth of knowledge, but no right. one wants to hear and, and really get it. So when someone like Donnie, like you said, just goes out of his way because he genuinely enjoys like putting this stuff together and bring him, you know, forward that helpful information, it speaks for itself, man. And then that's something that uh, his creative maps have really uh, allowed people to, uh, to do as well. Right. No one knows how to, really create amazing creative worlds like that because no one goes and tries it. But, you know, Donnie has been refining his process and, you know, that's why he's been able to make the, the maps that you guys probably play at home, the storm wars styles maps where 16 players jump into his creative worlds and it simulates an in-game situation. And it makes you feel like you're constantly getting the best type of practice possible and that's what the pros are using right now so the hard work and then just putting in that elbow grease that's that's why it's a standout figure and i would also add to that diving in enough to understand the knowledge of the game right like oh, yeah. there's a lot of people that could try to talk about it but the level that he seems to have the knowledge and the expertise he brings to the table is respected because it's real right and it's and it, i was just gonna say that's something like, like i thrive on too right like yeah i can something and explain it pretty well just mm -hmm. in words it's not a lot of people that can capture something with words so donnie has you know he's he's got a skill set donnie you gotta say you got the skills man you got the skills yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no you know some people can just put things into words very well and um 
that that kind of skill set some people lack. So when when people bring that to the table, that that makes everything come full circle. So Donnie, you know, uh, obviously a lot of respect. We've talked about it, right? And you've de- you you kind of created this history of yourself of being able to be a a you know I would say overall probably an outside coach for a lot of people, right? And guide people through a lot of things, you know, highlight things about players and 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 really benefit. And like you said, doing something you enjoy where it's really helping out people. And now that's found you in a new position, one that probably a lot of people could dream of, which is working for an esports organization. And you are the coach of complexity. You, I like, I like how you put it out there the other day on your tweet. I said, you're, you, I think you said something like, Oh, this is well long overdue, but by the way, I'm coaching for complexity. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, let, let's, let's talk about this. Like how, how does that feel for you to, like you said, start all the way back at league? You know, that was, man, league one, like that, that must have been like probably what, 2010, 2011, I'm guessing. Um, and find your way all the way here now working for complexity. So, yeah, it's, it's just unreal, honestly. Like the, the things I'm doing, I'm doing because I truly enjoy them. And uh, that, that's kind of like the only thing I really want to convey. Like I'm not after anything else other than enjoying myself the time I have. Right. And it, it, it gets appreciated a lot. And I'm very grateful for that because uh, it, like people tell me like, you should take this as it is because you work for it. And you know, they're right, right? I, I worked for it and I put a lot of hours in, but I never want to forget that I started out with nothing. And the only reason I am here is because the community appreciates me and because the uh, work I did was shared by a lot of people. Right. Like that's the only reason I'm here right now. Yeah, I think we've heard that kind of as a cadence throughout our uh, our time talking to players and a lot of people here is is the respect they have for the community. I, I know a lot. Of, I, it's kind of weird. I don't have this on, on kind of our outline here, but I, there's a lot of times, especially around Fortnite, maybe right now, that it seems to a lot of people that it, there's a lot of negative feeling right in the in the in the competitive community, but. There's a lot of great things going on too, right? There's a lot of things like this happening, stories like yours that are occurring. Um, and sometimes, sure, we get swept away by the few negative highlights that are occurring. But And, and I, I know we've talked about it too, Monster, over the past couple of weeks, right? Some of the negativity. But there are a lot of great things happening as well. And this and your story is one that I wanted to highlight and talk a little bit about. So how, talk, walk us through how you joined Complexity. How did you become you know, part of the Jerry Jones-owned esports team i mean in dallas bro this is like obviously one of the biggest things happening you know you have envy here at overwatch and they're, they're making a big play in overwatch right now and you know that's really happening this weekend because it's the first homestead but and you have optic here as well you know the hex quarters that's in frisco but the one thing that people also are not forgetting about is that complexity is here now at the starplex they recently talked about uh, a a joint venture with gamestop and this new storefront that's happening so complexity is like literally blowing up. I mean, they're coming on the right. Of course, if Jerry Jones is, you know, and, and his sons are part of any type of ownership, it's bound to have great marketing, which seems to be happening. But how did you get to be a part of complexity gaming? Uh, so uh, a while ago, like three months or so, maybe a little longer ago, uh, Hogman DM'd me on Twitter, uh, asking me if I was able to do VOD reviews for him. Uh, and, you know, he asked me what I what I what I would want in return and stuff like that. But basically, the only thing I asked for him is to put a good, put in a good word for me if he liked my work. Yeah, uh, because my my end goal has always been working within esports uh, ever since back in League of Legends, basically. Yeah, uh, 
so that's kind of all I wanted from him. And that's what he did. So I, I, I'm here because of Hogman. Well, talk about Hogman. I know, Monster, you have your eye on him as well. One of, one of your top players to hopefully get through soon. I mean, maybe it's no coincidence. You know, he acquired Donnie and suddenly he's on the radar. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, man, maybe it's no coincidence. Uh, it all makes sense to me, at least. But uh, no, yeah, Hogman's Hogman's been falling up, man. He's been on that top 10, you know, radar on, on the boards. But he's I'm on. sure, look at, look, like, like now we know, right? He's got a little secret saucer. He's got Donnie prepping some of the, some of those, those walkthroughs, man. Right. So, who knows? Well, Donnie, put, I, put, I don't know how much of the process you can tell us about, uh, but kind of give insight for somebody that had never maybe gone through that before. You know, you got Hogman kind of coaching you up, or Hogman, you know, got your back there. You're coaching him up, you know, and, and, and doing some VOD reviews. But how does that go down? Is all of a sudden the owner of Complexity, does Jason call you and say, hey, Donnie, you want to be my coach? Like, what is that journey kind of like? Uh, if you could walk us through any of those steps. Uh, well, Hogman put in a good word for me, and then I talked to their uh, Fortnite manager, and uh, uh, I was on a two-month trial, which is initially why I didn't announce my working with Complexity. Oh, okay. Because I figured, you know, let's say let's say the trial, you know, they don't like me at the end, and I don't want to announce something and then be like, yeah, it didn't work out. Right. Uh, so, so that's why I delayed my announcement at the start, and then uh, and that's that's kind of that's kind of how that went. Like I talked to their Fortnite manager. Uh, he ended up liking my work as well. The players were happy. Uh, so, so yeah, here I am complexity, Donnie. <laughs> so, so now you're complexity, Donnie, which is just so great, man. I, I, by the way, congratulations to you, uh, and all the hard work that you've put in to get where you are. I mean, I, you know, that's a, that's a big thing for a lot of people right now, especially evolved around Fortnite, evolved around esports. is, is just trying to find your place and you obviously deserve it. So congratulations to you first off for, for getting there and doing that. Uh, you know, but you know, although you review, you also play yourself right i do play the game yeah i so, do play the game so how do you at the highest level. how do you how do you think that affects your coaching and being able to talk to those points uh well i am i myself am eu so uh so i kind of like call into them uh but it gives me it gives me a look into a different meta as i look at the eu meta uh while i'm playing myself you look at the na meta while i'm uh, watching right uh and it I think it gives me a, a real broad point of view on on different playstyles because uh, EU, for instance, EU is a lot more likely to break balls during the game as well than NA is right now, which is very interesting to me. Uh, why why does EU choose to break balls and why does NA not do that? Yeah, yeah, that is that is odd to me. Just talking about different playstyles, something that I really recently had a discussion with a, a friend of mine's in, in private. We we're talking about how. The European region tends to use their uh, upgraded pump shotguns to break ramps and walls as well in an aggressive play. And it hasn't really translated to NA scene yet, but now you're starting to see players utilize pump to break through builds where like dudes like, I don't know, you know, the Atlantis boys and, and, and the secret team, and they've been doing this for a while, right? The G2 boys they just break pump, like pump break walls, like for the longest, even huh. at winter. Final, yeah, EU was already using double pump long before Poach showcased what you can do with the double, uh, not double pump, sorry, double barrel shotgun in close quarters. So, right. you know, low-key, I, I always say it, and I want to use this moment to say it again. I always thought EU was been ahead of the curve just a little bit faster. But, um, you know, yeah, you know, what, you know what's funny to me about this? 
What's funny to me, what's funny is like, I've grown up, um, I I knew, I knew a couple missionary kids when I was younger and they would always have different clothing styles when they came and visited right over here. And then a couple years later, you would see our clothing style, you know, here in America transition to Mm -hmm. what they had. And it's always Mm -hmm. been, it's, you know, no, I'm not like trumping you like, oh, you use amazing over here and everything. Okay. I I think you use awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like putting them on a bigger pedestal, but it is crazy how like, clothing trends or now we see it in esports how these how these different trends right come over from side to side donnie you've done a lot of reviewing what do you think for someone out there that doesn't quite understand how it could be different or how a meta can be different in regions can you explain that a little bit about maybe the game style and and what maybe happens that's a call that that's a cause to that uh, so in in Asia, for instance, you see a lot more aggression in, in in several games. Like it happened in Fortnite, but also happened in uh, League of Legends. And League of Legends, Asia was split as well. Like China was super aggressive; they would tower dive you level three. They would not give them right. But uh, Korea, for instance, was a lot more thoughtful and a lot more calculated. So what happened was uh, EU was super uh, super cautious in their playstyle. China would beat that with aggression. But Korea would be China with calculations. Basically, okay. it was it was kind of a, 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 a I don't know a rock paper scissors kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And, and how is that translated over in Fortnite? Do you think we're going to see something like that at the World Cup? Like, I mean, it's going to be a free for all. You have you know the China players, Oceanic players being aggressive, like, and you know EU, you know breaking balls up front, making sure things are happening. Like, what what do you? How does this translate to Fortnite? What, I want to stop you there. I do not want to see balls at the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Let's not I, talk about that. Me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. We, I, and I don't think we will, right? I mean, we're 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 probably going to have a we're going to have a season change, right? Yeah, is this ahead of us? I think I think we'll have tanks or something then. So it'll be a little different. Yeah, <laughs> tanks. <laughs> okay. Okay, but. It, without the balls involved in the World Cup, how, at play style in general, how how do you think we're going to see it? Number one, as it crosses over, and we have you know something like the World Cup where multiple people from other regions so, are together. Um, and yeah, how's, so it, how's it playing out now? Like, uh, currently, it's kind of the same in uh, in Asia. Like uh, uh, Asia plays a lot more aggressive than uh, EU and NA, NA does. I think EU is a little bit more aggressive than NA as well. Uh, however. Uh, how's that going to play out at the World Cup? Because Fax Fox, when he played ESL, uh, he told me in DMs afterwards, like, we need to change our scrims in Asia because this is not going to work. Because their aggressiveness did not uh, translate into them getting to the late game properly. Uh, so they're very, so at least some of them there are aware that that's not going to be the way to go. That makes so sense. Will, they, will they change that before the World Cup? I'm not sure. Do you think right mm-hmm. now the play style at EU is what everybody's going to kind of conform to? I think we're going to see a complete different shift again con- uh, with season nine coming up. Uh, and we'll see whoever adapts first. I don't think we'll see many people streaming their meta. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, oh, that, people that... who qualify for the World Cup are not going not gonna to stream their tactics. Huh. That is interesting, Monster. As we talk about, we're going to have a transition, right? And the meta and the season's going to change. We always know things happen, right? In Fortnite, one of the things we got this week and the update from them was things are, you know, expect things to continue to change. How, do, what, what is your thought on that? You know, that process, it, we are, I mean, is Donnie right? People aren't going to be showing it off. They're going to be kind of hiding yeah. it away. 
before before I give my thoughts on it, I want to give Ghost Bizzle's thoughts on it because he just recently publicly announced as well that he's not a fan of how you can live review any player on the leaderboard and their journey, all 10 games or how many games they get through. So even players like Bizzle who are extremely, extremely cautious when it comes down to revealing strategy, right. doesn't very much, although he's at the top of the food chain, um, he doesn't want his play style being revealed or, you know, just, just so because because if the, it really comes down to if a team wants your, your point of interest, all they have to do is do their homework. And if you're not ready for, you know, the counter right to your landing spot, you get too complacent or too comfortable, you're going to get punished. And, and, you know, Bizzle's just already talking about like, man, I don't, I don't like that, dude. Like don't show off our games. Um, I thought it's, uh, I don't know, man. I kind of feel like it's fair, right? But at the same time, it's not fair. But look at any other esport, right? When when two teams collide, the, the game is live. Everyone can go back and watch it. And you can watch every single aspect. Yes, there's less factors in every other game because there's less players, right. there's things going on. But it's no different the fact that we can go into replay mode and see everything that's going on. So I think it's fair uh, in, in that sense. Right. Except we're just doing it on a large scale. Um, so it's a lot more homework to do. Right. Uh, with that said, I love the idea of everything being out there because you know, it, it's, it's the best players going to take it home and, and whoever wants, it's really going to be able to do their homework and get through with it. Well, we've seen even in, I mean, in other sports, right. When you're going to play a team here, right. Say football, basketball, whatever it is, you're yeah. preparing yeah. for that playoff run. You're going to go watch video of their their plays, what they do, how they do it, right? So to me, my opinion of it is I actually like this. I like it for a lot of reasons, not just because you can review play and you know learn from other players and learn things, but also it comes into a strategy play. Like, hey, look, if I'm at Worlds and, and Bizzle is up in lead, I got to know where he's dropping so I can go after that, right? So I can try to take that point. Um I, I actually agree with that idea. I, I'm, I'm interested, Donnie, from you, a lot of, you know, obviously VOD review, big part of your life now. What's your feeling of, you know, other players getting to see the rotations and how other players are reacting and, and you know, setting up their games, drop zones, POIs, that type of thing? I, uh, I completely understand the players because uh, obviously they don't want to reveal the strategies. That's why they don't stream, which, you know, they're missing revenue by not streaming. Yeah. And then Epic ends up releasing it anyway. Uh, however, you know, as you said, in other esports uh, and normal sports, like people can do their research. I think the main difference here is that when you have, all right, I'm going to go back to League of Legends again. It's a it's a one v one game, right? In the sense of teams, one right. team versus another team, right? Uh, so they can research each other. But in uh, Bissell's case, for instance, there are 99 other players in the game who can have researched his drops, and it's not just one other person he's worrying about. It's 99 others. Yeah. What, I mean, is this something right now that's happening as we, as people, you know, talking about the World Cup that's currently going on and moving on to that, are, are players currently preparing this way? Are they watching VODs of other players or are they, are they even having the time to be able to do that? And what are, what are the things that you, that you are doing with your team at Complexity to push them to prepare for each week right now? So, yeah, I can't go in, I can't go into too many specifics, but, uh, so obviously VOD reviewing it's a very valuable source of information. Like you can look for all sorts of things. You can look for the type of inventory people run throughout the game. You look for their rotations, where you can pick them off. Maybe where are they ever vulnerable during their rotation? Uh, do they go for a specific chest that you might get an easy snipe on? Should you get RNG into a sniper? Of course. Wow. Uh, there's yeah. there's a lot of information you can get. 
and and I just wanted to touch on that. Um, yes, it affects players because Sen Aspect during that week one when he dropped that big twenty-two Elon, yeah, he I had remember that. himself on the pre-qualifier day. Come the finals day, he had close to ten players at one point land on Paradise Palms because they viewed his landing spot. Said, "Dude, Aspect's not getting contested. Get much spaces in Paradise." But when you have 99 players look at that and then 10 decide, ah, I'm going to go ahead and try that one time. Then all of a sudden your POI has a cluster of players. Right. So yes, 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 yes. It affects your, your play style when people get all the eyes on it. So it's a blessing and a curse. And that's why Aspect had such a tough Sunday because suddenly he was outed on his strategy. And then, you know, he had a lot of burden on Paradise Palms because there are, there are very, um, Certain people, they're going to stick it through. So people are just going to stick it and they're, they're going to try and, you know, alpha up, right? They try and say and really own that spot. But that's what happens sometimes. So you got you to gotta be careful. Well, one thing that we've seen a lot in Fortnite is until I say until really, um, you know, we, we've seen a few contested times throughout summer skirmish and things where someone dropped somewhere else. And then like, it's almost like the community got mad or some fans got mad, right? Like, why'd you go and drop there? Why'd you drop at containers? That's vivid spot, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but we're seeing more and more of that. Um, and I expect to see more of that as a player monster though. How does, how does, you know, and Donnie as well, maybe you're preparing some of the players like Hogman you're working for. Before we had like, hey, this is my drop spot and I'm going to work on this drop spot and all the rotations out of this drop spot. But now it feels like you have to have a couple more POIs, a couple more drop areas in your back pocket to prepare. Uh, and Monster, you, you know, you cast all these players from the first time this started happening to now. How have you seen this evolve? And are, are we starting to see players do this and have these couple you know points of interest they can drop at? No, yeah, you. I've I've seen players find success in switching things up and and or just trying something a little different. Uh, you you have to have backup plans. You have to have you know plans where hey, my loot's not the greatest. I'm gonna grab some stuff, get out, and then fall back through a different rotation. Uh, you know, Donnie talked about you know setting up an ambush on a player on a spot, but that works to the same effect as hey, I can get here before these players loot this, and then go ahead and and hit that right. So a good examples like Salty Springs. I don't know. You have a really bad house here on the corner. You can quickly get to some of the broken houses or uh, maybe a, a piece of the divot before other players rotate through and, and optimize on your loot. So there, there's always has to be a, a backup plan because no one formula is going to work in a game like Fortnite. Um, and that's why you always see players go tilted every couple rounds, right? They, those throwaway rounds we like to talk about out of your 10 games. Those are the rounds where they say, hey, you know what? I'm in a comfortable spot or I'm in a really bad spot. I got to alpha up and try and get some, some you know points or whatever. People just have fallback plans. Some fallback plans are tilted. Some other people will choose retail as their hot spot to go to. Um, depends on comfortability. So definitely got to have uh, backup plans. Donnie, what about you? What, what kind of your advice there for players that find themselves maybe either needing to, to find a new spot or, uh, you know, or getting contested multiple times and maybe they're falling in a POI that they can't seem to ever win? What, what's kind of your advice for, for them in that area? I always say bare minimum, you got to know two drop spots, and I would go with three. Uh, three if, you, if, yeah. you, if, you, if, you, if you can't divert your drop, uh, you're probably going to lose the entire game. No, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, for sure. And, and this, is, this, is, this is why Worlds is so fun to me, right? Watching these players adapt, 
watching the scene grow as a whole, right? I mean, like you, like I said, Monster, we, we started off in Summer Skirmish. Most people had one drop spot. And even yeah. just small things like that, and now we got people that, you know, at the highest level, they have multiple drop spots. They have multiple rotation areas. We're going to see these really come out and shine, I think, as we continue to get to the Worlds because some of these top players that have already qualified, some of them might have the same drop location, and that's not going to work out uh, when we get to New York. Uh, and, and, and talking about New York, who has for you, Donnie, who has surprised you thus far? Maybe somebody that was kind of off your radar. Who surprised you thus far in the qualifiers that uh, maybe you expect they're going to make it or they're going to make a good run towards making the, the the finals in the World Cup? I'm excited for this one. Oceanics Slaya has impressed me so far the most. Uh, clutching yeah. it up with 16 kills in his final game to barely get get the first place by one point. He was it was it was nuts, and his end game was insane. He uploaded it; it was absolutely insane. Yeah, I, I think we hear this a lot, monster, of people having crazy games. But really, when it comes to somebody, what what sets them apart? Like, for instance, uh, you know, in this particular instance, this player kind of been on some people's radars, but not everybody's. For you, what what, what is it that when you look at it and you go like, all right? The potential is rising. It, it's right there. He's he's any moment he could take it. Uh, for me, it's consistency. You see all these weekend qualifiers where people thought, oh, it's only 500K, you know? Like, uh, you know, I don't want to play in this. And, and people weren't taking it serious. Suddenly, every weekend when they were all being announced and you have the same players hitting top tens, people like, I, I don't know, like Beehive, right? Really just coming up out of nowhere and showing people, hey, you remember me from Summer Skirmish? Those invite onlys? Now that it's not invite only, it's it's at home. And everyone gets to qualify. It doesn't matter, you know, how much favoritism you have to to make it to like a private event. No, when it when it's open format and all these guys are showcasing their skill during the the Scallywag, the Blackheart Cup, the Lux Cup, those players, those leaderboards surprise me the most. Um, and it all kind of goes back to Winter Royale. Starting since then, those players, those players that have come up on those boards, they're here shaking up all the you know the the pro scene like like hard right now. And that's why people are getting signed pretty pretty crazy yeah. on the scene. Um. So yeah, it's those, it's the open qualifiers that, that make me just be like, dang, who's this? And then you see, and you kind of see their names reoccur time and time again. Donnie, you know, Monster mentions the, the format, open qualifier the way it is. What's your overall thought on, you know, this format that we have for World Cup and rotating these weeks of solos and duos? What, what, what's your overall thought? And being inside the scene, right? Because you've talked to a lot of players. What, what's the consistency overall? Uh, so the format itself, uh, I'm not too fan of uh, the kill points. Uh, the, I think placement in a battle royale should definitely be worth the most points. Uh, eliminations already give you HP; they give you materials. Should they also be the main source of your points? I don't think so. I think it really should be about placements. That's an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, as far as how everybody's enjoying it. Do you like the fact that they the squads isn't included? That we're only doing, you know, singles and solo or singles or solos and duos. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of solos and duos. I would like to see them try out trios at some point, but I think squads are too hectic to watch. <laughs> they uh, are great. I mean, there, there's just four POVs per team. I think I think it's going to be too hectic to watch. Yeah, that and that would be a lot of work for you to break down on VOD reviews right there, my friend. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, talking about, you know, things that are tough to uh, to go through right now. We got the Fortnite competitive development update that came this week. Um, and this was tough for some people to uh, finally hear 
you know, what, what Epic's thoughts, final thoughts were on a lot of these hot topics that are surrounding the community. Um, you know, overall, basically, we heard that there's, there's no revert. So, you know, revert replying to every tweet that's on, for, on Twitter as with the word revert. You can stop that now because it ain't going to happen. Uh, the stretch, uh, we talked no stretch coming in, it looks like. Uh, currently, no FOV changes uh, from what, what looks like. Uh, gameplay changes around tournaments. And of course, we also got, uh, the dev communication part, which I think was a big part of this communication from them was we know we haven't been transparent enough and which they're still like 99% more transparent than any other dev out there, but we're going to, we're going to be even more transparent going forward. Um, and so I want to, I want to run through these real quick, get your quick thoughts on them before we get out of here. Um, they want to keep the game basically open, you know, for a combination of skill and strategy you know, of allowing new players to come in and really do things. Um, Donnie, what's your overall thought of keeping this and not ever, you know, putting this in a, in a franchisee situation, right? Where, or an esports org only type of situation, um, allowing anybody to play, you know, basically, I mean, they're right now we're at world's 13 plus. How does that, what's your overall thought on that? I think it's incredibly commendable. I don't think there's any other gaming company out there who, really includes as many people as Epic is trying to do, uh, which we saw like the, even the, the invite only uh, and the clubs during this fall skirmish, uh, invite yeah. only uh, summer skirmish, like they inv involved so many content creators and now they're involving so many, you know, normal casual players uh, and right. with the whole creative thing as well in the World Cup. I think it's very commendable that they're trying to do it. Uh, I just think they have to try and find their way to do it a little bit better than we are getting it now because the competitive community feels a little bit uh, disappointed in general with the amount of uh, support they seem to be getting. Yeah, is, uh, I think overall, you know, the, the, the competitive community has really been vocal. A lot of people that watch these content creators, a lot of them are competitive players so it's 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 a different world right they're in a different box and i i think you put it perfectly like it's it's commendable for sure because they're trying to do something that's never been done uh and you know there's been there's been successes and i'm sure there's things uh, as we kind of hear throughout this update that you know they they can do better on um, you know, the, the big things I want to take away from the first kind of overall section that they talked to us about, uh, which was, you know, their, their opening statement uh, was, hey, you know, they did. Like I said, they didn't have enough communication. They want to provide more communication to us. Uh, expect future changes. Right. They're going to come. There are going to be future changes coming. Um, you know, does this mean no changes uh, to the way that orgs and teams come? We don't know. We'll see as that continues to go on. Doesn't look like it. Uh, balancing competitive and casual players. This was a weird one to me, Monster. I know you read you read this update. You did a whole video of of reading through this, uh, and and basically Fortnite comes out and says like casuals are the audience for competitive, and we have to cater to them. So sorry if it disrupts your competitive a little bit. Um, I, I I'm summing that up, and I'm not putting in exact their words. I'm, I'm putting it in the way that a lot of people perceived it. Uh, but for you, uh, what was your takeaway from that? So my takeaway was it pretty much this. Um. I thought the blog itself, it was not surprising to me. I, I like just knew from their verbiage that there was already hinting at, Hey, we're going to give you guys why we did what we did. We're not going to give you what we're going to do next or what we plan to do period. It, right. They never said they were going to lean in that direction. People assumed. Um, and also I think their wording during that 
exact paragraph. They use the word entertainment at some point there and people can't let that go. So it gave this negative connotation to people that all oh, they only care about the entertainment value. And literally after the sentence that had the word entertainment in it, which I think was the fuel that started this whole fire, they said, oh, we want this change also just for competitive integrity. We want everyone to play on an even playing field. Have they just dropped the whole, you know, angle they tried to take of like, hey, we want it to look good for everybody and play yeah. good. All you have to do is say we wanted it to play good. Um, and I think it right. would have just kind of slipped under the radar as just, hey, this is why we did what we did. Um, but no, we we don't know what their general direction is. I personally am still on the side of the comp scene. I, I'm hoping for change too. Um, I think as far as clarity and, and transparency goes, they have been probably one of the best, like name another company that will just straight up tell you in advance, right? Like you can, you know, count on people to, you know, try and make yep. things and bank on it. Um, you know, they, they do what they do. Numbers don't lie, but I don't know, man. Um, at the end of the day, it's business, I guess. Right. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you gotta, you got, you, it's hard to appeal to both sides of uh, the fence here. Right. Um, Donnie, what's your, what's your over opinion of them trying to balance, right? And, and like I said, balance the competitive versus the entertainment there. Um, maybe what do you, or what do you think a, re- a resolution for that is? Uh, I think the resolution is right there. Balance them separately. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty much every game does it. I mean, Blizzard even balances Overwatch separately for the console and for the PC because the, yeah. the, the controls are different on, on, on console, obviously. Uh, I, I tweeted about this the other day. I feel like they should split the World Cup money into PC and the console community because uh, realistically, console players have a very hard time qualifying uh, simply due to hardware limitations. That's not a skill yep. thing. It's just a hardware thing. Uh, so if they were to split the money into PC and uh, consoles, then consoles would have a prize pool, PCs would have a prize pool. Uh, they both could get uh, balanced separately, and I think everyone would be happy. Yeah, that'd be an interesting thing. I, I think we've talked about this before, Monster. Ubisoft tried to do that with um, with Rainbow Six Siege. They had like an Xbox League and a PC League. Um, and it just, some something happened where basically, I'll be honest, what happened was the console viewership was not as high as the PC viewership. PC viewership was high enough because the gameplay quality is higher. So more people wanted to watch what they were doing. So in general, they went and just went with PC instead. I think you would probably see a similar effect here. Look, I, I, I've been on the record multiple times saying don't discount you know console players. I'm definitely with you. Donnie, I think you ordered the best is it's a console limitation. It's a hardware limitation. It's not a player limitation necessarily. But I'm, I'm definitely with you in the fact... I just, I just think that what would happen is console would no longer be a part of it. And what, for, what Epic is doing essentially is it's weeding itself out without them having to cut it off so that they're not getting backlash from the console community of ever saying we're not including console players. They're going to give you the option, but we all know the reality is it's very, very, very difficult. It's not impossible. It's just very difficult for a console gamer to ever get I mean, there. Look, um, look at the mobile guys trying to do it, right? So it's, it's the same for all those. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, no, Absolutely. I, I, I seen a high skill uh, console player. Uh, he showed a clip of himself in late game, and I think it's running like three frames. Like yeah. looking at a PowerPoint presentation. Like how's he going to qualify? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree. Uh, I want to get these real quick because you got to get you got to you got to get to the world soon. So let's run through these. 
The big thing is Siphon is not coming back. For everybody that wants it to come back to regular, it's not coming back. They're keeping it in arena. I totally agree with it. Monster, do you disagree? Like, I, I like how they have it separated. If you want to play arena, go play arena. If you if you don't, play regular. Like, Yeah, uh, I, my quick take on it, Siphon doesn't affect public as much as people think. Um, it, it's materials. A good player is going to win a battle nine times out of... times out of 10 uh, if he has more materials than the less skilled player, period. Uh, The only time you find yourself in a bad situation is when your your materials are down because this is a resource-based BR, like point blank. Um, Even pros die on rotations because they don't have mats, right? So uh, it doesn't matter about Siphon. Siphon's not going to save you half the times. It's about your mats. Um, So I think that's definitely well. uh, The heal, it it, worded well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and they their reason for it, so everybody knows that didn't get a chance to read it, is basically increase in frustration against high skill players. Okay, so they it, it, when they put siphon in and increased skill players, their inv- their engagement into the game ten percent, but those that weren't at the top, you know, ten percent or twenty percent of of players, it actually decreased their audience ninety ninety percent. They played less. Uh, increase the frustration, but the, how they worded it was increased frustration for ninety percent of the audience. So I, I'm not sure how they affected it. It's just numbers. That's a tough thing for me, Monster. And and because here's the here's the problem. I I think that it's tough to say we put out siphon and just because the numbers went down, that's the reason. At the time they did that, a lot of different things were going on. Apex came out, right? Like a lot of stuff happened that could have drawn players away from the game and engagement from Fortnite that wasn't necessarily in Siphon. But I do understand their 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 uh, uh, perspective of this, right? And they have more numbers than they probably release to us that make that make that make these changes. I, I'm, I'm sure. Like maybe in their numbers it says, oh hey, veterans played the same amount of time they normally played and new players, look at their playtime like plummeted. So what, what does yeah. that mean? New players are like not even trying to touch the mode. Veteran players, they're going to play 12 hours a day no matter what because that's what they're doing, right? So regardless of the it's in the game or not, these guys aren't as affected as you may think, right? It's It was just too much to take on the, you know, quote-unquote casual, the, the young audience, the, the newer players. Donnie, for those people out there that are more of the casual, maybe maybe more of a, a an avid player, a hardcore player, but they aren't a pro player, are pros, can you tell them, are pros playing pubs like all the time? And does this even matter to them at all about, you know, pulling out, you know, siphon from pubs? Uh, pros are probably not playing pubs. Definitely not now without siphon. And I think that was a good choice. Yeah. Uh, with siphon, were they really playing pubs? Because they were mostly playing scrims. And, uh, you know, right now they would be playing customs since customs are here to stay for, for the time being anyway. Uh, and then there's arena where they actually get skilled opponents. The only downside uh, downside is time. So maybe a pro here and there that's tired of waiting in queue would play pubs, but it wouldn't be many of them. Yeah, I think, I think who's hurting the most is the the mid level, and and that's what needs to be addressed because the mid tier content creator, those guys are, are the mid tier player that doesn't really care about being a pro, but he's just good enough, and and doesn't obviously care about LCMs. You know, that's the bucket I fall in. It's, it's that, it's that middle ground. I, I think that <laughs> the middle community is is really hurting right now, and uh, Epic. I think Epic is going to find a remedy or solution at some point, uh, but it might just take a little bit. Yeah, I, I, and they definitely portrayed during here that they're working on the systems, right? Overall, they're going to continue to provide it, provide feedback. Um, 
you know, game evolution is going to continue to come. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to do things that are going to continue to, you know, be Fortnite ish per se, that bring new things to the market and try to do new things. You know, I, there's a lot more to talk about that came out of that update uh, that I'd love to, to love to shoot. I mean, the other, the last big one I wanted to bring up was stretch Revol- resolution. Um, this is a big thing for pro players. I personally have said before, you know, for me, I, it didn't, it doesn't matter because I'm not at that level, but for pros, it did matter that little bit of advantage. Uh, you know, they came out and said it distracts from Fortnite from the entertainment perspective. That's the one you were talking about a little bit, the gameplay advantages that are there. You know, the FOV at 80 max is where they're going to leave it right now. I, I, I don't quite understand this, this one that much. I'm not really sure because I know a lot of competitive players complaints are like, so because you want to make it fair and you don't want to give me a FOV, you know, and because you want to keep it good for the console players and stuff, you know, like I know there's a lot of debates about certain things out there, but overall, Donnie, what would you say about stretch that is key number one to a lot of players that are, that play competitive and is it not being an option, not them, not providing a, an FOV slider. Is that critical to the competitive scene? Uh, so let me put my personal experience here. Uh, I am 90% deaf on my right ear, which means that I, I don't really hear footsteps on my right side, which, you know, that blows. Uh, cause if you, uh, jump in from my right, I die. However, stretch resolution gave me extra visibility, which kind of compensated for my lack of hearing. Uh, so that really helped out. Because the audio visualizer uh, takes away stereo sound, and since there is some sound on my right side, and uh, not losing that uh, stereo sound is not worth it. Uh, so I'm kind of like in in between options. Uh, and stretch resolution was a very good uh, way for me to compensate my hearing. Hmm. Uh, for pros, it means stretch resolution has better vision as well. It has better uh, FPS at the, in the end games. So. They they really need it because the end game of Fortnite is so demanding on your PC uh, that you really want to have uh, a stretch resolution. And if stretch resolution is not going to be a thing, then at the very least, give us an FOV slider for the uh, for the vision. Because you know, like like a lot of people say, every game has it. Minecraft has it. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of games do, and. Um... Like I said, I, I'm curious to see where this 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 one to me is the hardest one they could justify in all of the the update, right? Like it didn't seem it didn't seem like they had this great reason besides entertainment to really justify it, and that that's where I kind of had a had a uh, you know a, a hurdle per se as I'm reading through it. You know, and they talk about you know along with this and the uh, the game evolution, right? Saying new things are going to come out, things are going to happen. My question I actually posed here. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to end with this question. This is the question I'm ending with is, did this update and the way they're positioning it, and I'm going to start with you, Donnie, does it discredit the eSport of Fortnite even more so than what people have already said where, oh, it's RNG-based, oh, it's this-based? Does this, you know, saying, hey, we're going to still put out new items whenever they come out, take it. We're still, we're, we're going to control the, the FOV, take it. Does this discredit the competitive seen a fortnight at all as an esport uh i wouldn't go as far as to say discredit but they're losing a lot of faith from professional players uh you know they go as far as to say that like they're done after the world cup uh i don't think that's really what you want to see from your competitive community you want to see them 
happy and excited to keep the keep on the grind even after the World Cup, regardless of whether or not they qualified. And that's just not what we're seeing. We're only seeing players ready to to throw in the hatch and just leave uh, because they're not feeling heard or supported whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, I, I, what about you, Monster? What what's your feeling on it? Uh, my hot take is I think there needs to be more compensation for the competitive scene. Uh, that line in the sand has already been drawn out quite c- clearly when Siphon was removed. And I think, ho- I hopefully, the, the leads at Epic realize that, you know, they, they need to be a little bit more mindful of, again, how players feel. Because, yeah, you know, every pro on the scene could quit right now. And there's definitely going to be people that are going to fill in their shoes. So there's no doubt about that, that the game's going to be successful and it has a lot more years on it. Um, but but still, you know, you want people to stick around for as long as possible and make this a, a standout game and sport that's respected on the scene. And and just for all of our competitive players that listen, again, you can quit today and it's not it's not going to hurt anyone but yourself. You know what I mean? There's still going to be money right. to be made for right. all that good stuff. There's going to be people that step up to the plate. So uh, I'm I'm not you know oblivious to that fact. I think people think that they have a lot of power when they don't realize how powerful this game is. Um, but yeah, no, I I'll, agree. I think people would, I think people would step in. I think also, I think the big names like Bizzle and some of these faces that have become faces of Fortnite, they're going to stay. They're not going to go anywhere. It literally, I saw some tweets about like, you know, this, this update is a middle finger to, to the competitive community. These people will take that finger and they're going to keep making their money. Like uh, uh, the people that matter that are at the top are going to stay. And it's that middle ground, right? It's that middle. I'm, 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 I'm playing with uh, against those people. I'm up there, but I'm never really crossing over that threshold. Those are the people that we hear a lot of, Hey, I'm never coming back. I'm not going to do it. That kind of thing. Um, but you know, look, they're going to talk more to us. I, I think there's more to come from Epic. Um, this, you know, they've changed their stances throughout the time. There's nothing to say that they won't change their stance on FLV, that it won't, you know, won't change down the road. Uh, they didn't close the door on anything. This is just where they stand right now. Um, so, you know, look, ha- have your opinion, have what you want. Overall, be happy you got some communication. That's my opinion. Like, I'm just happy I got some communication from, even if it's not what I always wanted, at least it's some communication. Donnie, let everybody know where they can find you throughout the week. Uh, I'm mostly on Twitter uh, at SC Donnie. It's not Donnie SC. That's the wrong guy. It's at SC Donnie. So you're not changing it to comple- complexity Donnie yet? My uh, my in- one of my in-game names is now complexity Donnie, but uh, on Twitter I'm just go. gonna be I'm just gonna be the same old Donnie. <laughs> the same old Donnie SC Donnie on Twitter, guys. Make sure you go follow him. This man is on fire. He's got some great things going on, man. Donnie, thank you so much for taking the time to sit in and hang out with us. We really appreciate it. I know it's a little bit longer than we expected, but. Man, I could talk Fortnite competitive all day long. It's just, it's it's a passion of mine, we'll per have, se. So, we'll have a part two of Donnie sometime soon. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to have a part two of Donnie for sure, man. Thank you so much for stopping by. Good luck in the world. Monster, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you throughout the week, boss? Yep. As always, guys, at Monster Deface on all social medias. Uh, YouTube series has been popping off lately, guys. Every Friday, 9 o'clock in the morning, consistent. And patch notes, as always. Thank you guys for having us this week. It's been awesome. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Leave us a review. Tell us what you like and what you dislike. Send all your complaints to Monster over at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, guys, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. <laughs>